1: Good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communist, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. For a Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about I hold to the book, The Bible as the authoritative Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. Very excited because our fearless leader, Scott Adams at the Red State Talk Radio, <laughs> has got our phone system back up. Um, so I'm very excited about that today. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, some history, bringing it up, and making it relevant here to the present uh, this morning with Victor Poirier. This is Dissecting the Times on Sons of Liberty. And going to get to Victor in just a moment. But let me give out the formalities and the phone number in case you have questions. Please stick to the topic. We're not doing Chinese buffet. We're going to stick to the topic. Um, If you want to call in, you can call in. We're going to open up the phone lines in 15 or 20 minutes. 215-867-8255-215, top talk if you want to call in. I'll give those when we open that up to you guys in just a little bit. Sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. That's where you can check us out, media.com. If you go there right now, scroll to the right at the side of the page, you'll be able to see the live video feed of the show. And we've got interaction. So you guys who are watching there, you can see the chats in there. This comes in from Facebook and Twitch and Periscope and YouTube and DLive. All you guys, you make a comment there, guess what? You get to be famous. <laughs> it's, it's right there. You're famous with us. All right, And we appreciate every one of you, Aaron and Maureen and Jonathan and Joni. Marie and Michael and Don um, and others who are there who are who have not commented just yet. Uh, we appreciate your support so much, and I just lost Victor for some reason uh, on the phone line. Uh, so hopefully, Victor, if you are listening, you'll call back in. <laughs> Don't know what happened there um, because we're still on. Anyway, you can check us out there. You can also watch the live video feed of the show on my Twitter account at fpptim, fpptim on Twitter. On our Facebook at Bradley Dean S O L, Bradley Dean S O L on Facebook. Our YouTube account is B Dean Sons of Liberty, B Dean Sons of Liberty on YouTube, our beforeitsnews.com. our friend Michael Roach has us up there every weekday morning, 6 a.m. You can see the live feed right there. You can also check out Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern every weekday and on Saturdays at 3 p.m. On beforeit'snews.com. And then finally on DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, the Sons of Liberty on DLive.tv. And then if you're on a number of other social media outlets across the internet that are springing up all over the place, such as Spreely Gab, MeWeMinds, and USA.life, please be sure to look us up at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. Now, one of the things is that I've noticed, I went on this morning, uh, it seems that you guys enjoyed my rant yesterday. Thank you for that support. Um, I and I told Victor. I said I'm really angry. It's not that we don't have these politicians lying to us every day, but of the magnitude of which the chaos, the pandemonium, the fear, and everything has resulted into just blatant tyranny here in this country, has me really upset. It has me really mad. Um, and my response is not Trump 2020. It's Oh God, forgive us of our sin. And turn us around that we don't face your judgment. Folks, as Bradley has said, he's going to get our attention one way or the other, and he's promised these judgments. Read Deuteronomy 28, read Leviticus 26, and he's promised us these things. And if we are unrepentant as his people, those who name his name, not the lost world, us, if we're not doing it and we continue our political idolatry, and that's what I see going on in this country, a lot of political idolatry, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. So, with that said, <laughs> I'm gonna to get to preaching again here. Uh, I'm gonna. Hopefully, this is gonna work. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, Victor, are you there? Good morning, brother. Is he there? Um, not getting him. Okay. We're probably. I guess, Victor. What I'm gonna to have to do is uh, this is going to throw a monkey in the wrench so i guess we're a wrench in the monkey whatever for whatever reason i am not hearing victor and um so oh there he is victor are you there it sounds like he's supposed to be there i don't know what's going on so we're having a little bit of issue here i don't know why that is um give me just a moment i apologize folks uh, Sometimes these things happen, and this is the first time in months that we've had this come on, so um, I'm still looking for why there is a problem, but, uh, hmm, okay, well, we're on here. You should be coming through just fine, uh, but I have no reason why that is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take time and just call Victor up here, and this will make a little bit of noise, and we'll just turn that off and... I guess we'll try to set that up a little later. Um, let's see. I to turn this off. And I do apologize. It's live radio, and we this is the first time in months that we've had this. So we're going to have to get back with Scott on that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's his fault. It's probably uh, mine. But what we're going to do is we're going to give Victor a call here.
0: His mailbox is not currently.
1: Oh, he is. He's having a problem there with that, too. Folks, um, one of the things that we're going to do here, and we're going to see if we can get Victor on the phone. And um, for whatever reason, this is having a, a major problem here. Thank
0: you for calling auto warranty.
1: Auto warranty. What? You can see numbers that are stored here. Uh, as to what's going on. This one should be it. Thank though.
0: you for calling auto warranty.
1: I don't know why I'm getting auto warranty. This is really weird. Anyway... Um, Let me send him a quick message because this is what we're prepared for is to have him uh, speak. Um, So it's um, I've got to give him the number here, see if he will call us in. And again, my apologies. I know this doesn't make for good radio, does it? But what we have for you does make for good radio. Um, So one of the things that, that Victor is going to be speaking about is going to be the issue of the declines of civilization. Now, if you've been if you've been catching us on Tuesdays, one of the things that you uh, will find out is that Victor has been covering a large amount of history, putting in players and things of this nature. Hang on, just a second. Let me give him a quick call. Hello? Hey, give me a give me a call on the number. Give me a call on the. Yep, give me a call on the, on the number that I just sent you on Facebook. Oh, let Let's try that. <laughs> yes, yeah, because the the other one is 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 not working. So just give me a call on that, and we'll pick you up. Okay, hold on. okay. thanks. All right, so Victor's going to give us a call here. We'll we'll look for him to call. And um, one of the things that we we we've talked about yesterday was the fact that the lies that we're getting. We have people in the medical community who should know how viruses actually work instead of assuming it and pushing an assumption on us as though it is fact. I mean, you ought to read some of this. I had friends, very smart friends, so I'm not putting down on them, but they gave me um, certain reports. They gave me certain papers that were put out, and I said, okay, I'll read the papers. You know, Within uh, one guy had a video, and he actually blocked me because I questioned what he put out. Um, he said, I didn't know what I was talking about, and yet the thing that was very re- relevant in the paper that he cited was twice within the first minute of the video that was showing the paper that's supposed to be the scientific research. Okay, here's Victor. Good morning, Victor.
0: Hi, Tim. Sorry about well, that. Well, you know, there's nothing like technology.
1: <laughs> uh, you, Yeah, you and me both, we know that. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me finish this, and then we'll, I'll bring you right in. The, the thing that the, the guy gave me on the paper, it would constantly say, this may be this way, or we believe this, or it might could happen this way. This is supposed to be scientific proof of something happening. And folks, when somebody, said, when somebody says my opinion, we understand it's their opinion. When they put out a, a, a scientific article, that's what it's referenced, and they say, it may do this, it could happen like this. They're not saying, we replicated and duplicated this so we know it happens on every occasion that we've done it. We've demonstrated it does that. There's a tremendous difference between those things, and I hope you understand that when it relates to the things that we're facing today with the, the fear-mongering of coronavirus, okay? Now, with that said, we're going to get into something else. I was just trying to cover the space uh, with our technological flubs, and uh, I'm glad, Victor, <laughs> glad you're, you're very patient with us and so are our listeners um, Victor, well,
0: you know they said they put me in the queue, uh, Tim, and so I said, "Oh, i there's got problems already because I have real problems with queue."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're you're exactly right. I w- I think a lot of the people in our chat have a problem with queue too, and not the kind of queue they put you in. But yeah, you were put in the queue. I hit the the button to uh, to unmute you, and it sounded like I heard like you moving in the back, but I couldn't hear your voice. So I'm I'm just like, okay, I'll just have to straighten that out with Scott afterwards. See what's going on. Why that isn't doing? It could be. Um, something that happened because I had to download a new, uh, an update to the program and then um, set that up, and it had the, the wrong settings in it for where the sound was coming in. So we'll, we'll straighten that out today. We'll be good for tomorrow and next week as well. But um, we're going to be talking about some things about the decline of civilizations from the Age of Enlightenment through the Revolutions and even up to today. We're going to touch a little bit on today so that people understand this is the this is the way of civilizations all throughout history. And the main reason is they depart from the living God. It's the same thing that he told his people, Israel. He, he told them the same thing, um, that they would utterly be destroyed if they turned away from him. Now, America's done that, and you're going to give us some, a little bit of history, and we're going to talk about some of those things today. So I'm going to kick it over to you, man.
0: Okay, well, let me start with saying this. You know... Uh, Mankind lives in a cursed earth, and uh, it's not a benign earth. And anybody knows that even the modest amount of history, that our history as as human beings is plagued with wars, revolutions, pestilence, plagues, uh, economic collapses, um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. And and so when something like that is happening, and we have a pestilence now and a looming economic crisis, People tend to get so focused on the moment. I mean, what does this mean? What's the story? What's going to happen next? And they get uh, emotionally involved in the immediate. And it gets very difficult for them to get a picture of it. Wait a minute. Where are we in this? What's happening in in a broader terms? Because only with a broader picture can you then bring down to yourself, you know, what is my action program based on what we're dealing with? And so what we're having right now is really the tail end of a, of a civilizational cycle. And what do I mean by that? Well, historically, uh, if you go look at the nations uh, back into the uh, uh, Assyrian Empire and the Persian Empire and the Greeks and the Roman Empire and then the Roman Republic, those the average length of period from the time they begin uh, and, and, and rise up and become something of significance, they they last about 250 years. And so we are at that stage, if you use as a rough benchmark the forming of the uh, Articles of Confederation in 1777 to the present time, uh, that that brings you up right into where we are now. And so what is that, what is that cycle? That cycle, excuse me, that cycle uh, goes through essentially... Uh, the uh, the uh, the rise of the uh, the uh, excuse me there you you get a a rise and you have a pioneering period and then you have conquest and then you get commerce uh, going and economics get high you get an affluent age and then you start uh, then you have time to be doing a lot of thinking so there's a lot of intellectuals and scholars and whatnot and then there's the age of decadence and in that age of decadence Everybody has started to live for themselves. Uh, sexuality and pornography become prominent. Uh, power politics and uh, rule by just arbitrary rule from on high. And so eventually it brings around a collapse because then, then hits usually a war, a revolution, a plague, um, or uh, something of the sort. And that's kind of where we are right now. And the decadence period is marked by... People get very defensive. They get pessimistic. It's all materialistic, uh, and it's kind of a frivolous things like you what you watch on television today. And always a, an influx of foreigners who are also dis, you know, disintegrating the, the cultural core. Uh, and, and, and religion is weakened, and you get something like a welfare state. Uh, and, and love of money and selfishness and the loss of sense of duty. And that's where we are right now. And why are we there? Well, we're there because uh, this is a a classic pattern. You go back to, uh, let's just start with, you mentioned Israel, but let's go just to the Grecian Empire under Alexander before that. You wind up uh, eventually moving towards uh, some kind of a dictatorial rule and uh, eventually a collapse. Same in Rome. Rome had the Roman Republic and it collapsed based on, turned into the Roman Empire, that collapsed. Same with if you examine those periods, it's very much like today. So, so then that collapsed. and Then you had the people trying to create a new civilization, and Christendom was birthed. And we wind up for a thousand years, which we call, you know, the Middle Ages. Or, or if you're a, if you're a secularist and an atheist, you call it the Dark Ages because you think it was terrible. But these people were rebuilding civilization. And then we get the Renaissance, and this gets very critical to where we are today, because the Renaissance was the rebirth of the Greek and Roman failed empires. And what came with it was a sense of man is uh, a a good being, basically, um, that nature is where you draw your truths from, and there are uh, spiritual realities that you can draw into if you're an occult elitist. And so the Renaissance starts to... To, to tear apart the uh, the fabric of the Roman Catholic Church in the West, and eventually you get the Reformation saying, wait a minute, you've got all these traditions and stuff added to the Bible, we're going back to the Bible, you get a huge period of, uh, of back and forth, finally we get to the uh, 17, 1600s, 1700s, 1700s, then you start getting the Age of Enlightenment. And what's happened then? Uh, the intellectuals like Hobbes and Hume and others, uh, Locke, they began to say, wait, 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 we need to create a new, uh, way of looking at things. And so they did. And they began to put aside Christianity. Now, there are strong streams of, of Christian thought. The Puritans were one. But for the most part, you go back to, uh, Elizabeth I and, and her advisors, these guys all became occultists. And, <laughs> and so what you have then is you have, uh, uh, the British Empire growing up, and finally you get down to the 1700s. And so, and you, we talked last time about Freemasonry as being one of the uh, one of the things that were, was going on both in, in America, in Great Britain, and in France. Well, the difference between France and America is very important because in America, there was no oppressive king here. There were independent uh, colonies with largely uh, their own ability to uh, rule themselves they was definitely a freedom of religion. Uh, In contrast to France, which had a ruling monarch uh, uh, who really uh, exploited the the people through taxation, and you had only one Roman Catholic church, and it had its abuses. And so when the French started to rise up, uh, they, they were already seeing their society coming apart at the seams. And if you study that period, you see that Uh, One of the major things that was happening is the breakdown of morality. And in Paris, particularly, you had all kinds of uh, pornography, uh, strange uh, occultic societies. Uh, If one were to read James Billington's book, The Fire of the Minds of Men, uh, about the French Revolution, you'll see that this is a very, very two-sided thing. It's man on the one hand and some kind of spiritual longing on the other. And so what happened then is they wind up Tearing the country apart, and so then we get uh, uh, so much disorder. And you know, this is where we are right now. We're getting into increasing disorder in this country, preceding the virus uh, and the divisions and all the things that are in place now. And it's because God has been rejected. Now materialists say, "Oh, that's bunk," because you know it's just a materialistic universe or cosmos. When we when we die, the human personality doesn't survive, so we just go around once and grab all the gusto we can. But that's really not from a biblical point of view. From a biblical point of view, God is long-suffering, but eventually uh, he comes down on, with judgment. Uh, and if you're, the more unfaithful people are to his obedi- His rules and patterns for living for individuals and societies, the worse it gets. And that's where we are right now. And so what happened after the French Revolution? Well, it triggered the 1800s, become then a century of revolutions and wars, and really intense. Because if you, if you look at that whole, uh, that whole period of the 1800s, you get, if starting off with the Barbary Coast Pirates, we had the Irish Revolution, we had uh, the, all of the Latin American countries, uh, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, Mexico, they all rose up against uh, Spain and declared their independence. Uh, the French under Napoleon attacked uh, Russia. There was uh, opium wars. There was revolutions in 1848 all across Europe. Uh, there were the Taipei Revolution, the Crimean War, the American Civil War, the Boer War in South Africa. You can and There's more and more and more. I actually included a, a, a linkage to that for those that follow up after the program. You have to see that the 1800s become one of the war, d- blood-drenched centuries leading up to the First World War, which is the first real major global war, and the second one, which is even more was even more bloody, so that's where we have we have come and so from a Christian perspective the 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 question then is, okay, what do I do? Well, first of all, you have to figure out what do I think is coming if you have come to a particular perspective on where what the Bible has to say about the future, it's one thing to say, oh. Uh, we're going to get raptured out of here, so I don't need to worry about anything. Uh, and then, to my mind, that's a huge problem because it really says that the American Christian is somehow super special. And the the pain and suffering that Christians in China, yep. in Nigeria, uh, in the Middle East that are going through right now uh, that they're they're lesser Christians.
1: No, and I, for some Christians, I agree.
0: They, they even think that that the the state of Israel and its uh, secular occultist policies are are more important than the arab christians in, in, that live in not just in plain palestine but all over the 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 middle east sure the, the average american doesn't see the body of christ the average christian american doesn't see the body of Christ as as global. They just sort of think of it as their church, you know, yeah. happy, or, you know, happy yeah. clappy church is nice.
1: Well, and the, and uh, they, the church in America can, uh, you know, it's the one that is the standard by which everybody else lives. Look, you and I talked a little bit about this, if I can interject just for a minute or two. Sure. Um, because we've got somebody in the chat who says, you know, I, I'm not sure we have time for the, or the luxury of time, and I told him I would, I would respond to this. The luxury of time for history lessons and philosophies. Our real problem right now is Bill Gates, Dr. Fossey, Dr. Burke. Look, event 201, all this stuff, you know, ID 20. That's not our problem. That is the result of our problem. And I want to I make this clear because this goes right to what you're talking about, about what brings the society down. Folks, if you listen to anything that I have ever said on here, you know I'm a proponent of homeschooling. Mom and dad or you know, dad taking care of him, mom educating kids. And part of that Deuteronomy six is not just what you're to do, but why you're to do it. God says that you do it so you don't forget Him, because He told the people of Israel He was going to bring them into the land, houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, all of this stuff, and then He didn't want them to forget. Now I want to I want to take us over to something that people often forget, and is is it, it has been used to promote sodomy, okay. I have listened to some of these knuckleheads get on debates, start uh, Freedom of Religion Foundation, all of this kind of stuff. And they'll quote this passage out of Ezekiel 16. This is what it says. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done, she nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou uh, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this is the iniquity excuse me, of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and needy, or excuse me, fullness of bread, and prosperous ease was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. That right there ought to tell you exactly what's going on. But everybody wants to focus on, well, they weren't taking care of the poor. They were not taking care of the needy. And he says, therefore, I took them away as I saw good. And how did he do that? Well, if you go over to Genesis 19, it tells you, and it specifically lays out that the men of the city came to a sexually assault angels God had sent to get his people out of the city and bring judgment upon the city. Now, Victor, you and I talked yesterday. This is the very thing. This stuff that we just read, that I just read from Ezekiel, is how we become. We become a society that God has blessed tremendously. And yet, our blessings have turned to curses on us because we forgot God. Oh, we talk about Him on our money. We say, in God we trust. We really mean in that money we trust. And Jesus said, you can't serve God in money. We really mean we trust in our luxuries and our Americanism and our make America a great thing. We give lip service to God, but our hearts are far from Him. And I think that's what always leads to the downfall. God blesses us with certain things. I mean, He has blessed America materially and all of these other ways that we can point out, maybe greater than any nation that that we know of, but we have abandoned Him. And so those blessings become these curses. They become these hot coals that are heaped upon us, uh, ultimately to our demise, unless we're repentant, right? Right. Well you know I think and your caller makes a point, but here's the thing whenever you're going through one of
0: these major calamity type situations in a society it's multi layered i mean it's one thing to say, you know well, is this virus really uh as contagious as it is it, are are the powers that be trying to use this to create a world government um Is it fair to destroy the economy and keep us so, you can those are important questions what I'm trying to say is this it's, it's a part of a bigger picture, and we may pass through this. You know, it could be that in uh, a month, two, three months, uh, that this largely passes and we're getting back to work and we still got a very damaged economy, uh, but we're trying to rebuild. Americans are pretty, uh, you know, vibrant in that account. But if it turns out that we are at the stage of civilizational decline that I'm talking about, there's a much deeper problem, and it comes back to what you were just saying. If we, if if if, a, if the Christian listeners here, I have to ask you: Do you pray on a regular basis for those in positions of authority? Do you pray that evil will be exposed? Those are commandments in the in the living word. Well, and if you're not doing it, most hold, people are. So that is even just the be. That's just the beginning. I agree. And then the question is.
1: Let, let's, what wicked
0: ways are we supposed <laughs> to turn up? The average Christian doesn't even understand what that includes. It includes sending your kids to status schools
1: which teach antichrist. I agree. It's but it's even if, even more than just that the that the evil be exposed. That there be justice on it. I mean, God talks about His throne is surrounded by. He, he's just in all that He does. And if men are his ministers, and they don't bring just—they just expose it—but they never bring justice. What good is that? It's basically saying, "Yeah, you just continue in your evil. We're going to point it out, but we're not really going to do anything." And we're seeing that. I mean, that's been going on for decades here. Uh, if you're—we're seeing uh, people who've been convicted of crimes, not wrongly—they've rightly been convicted of crimes—and yet they're receiving pardons. They're unrepentant. They go out and keep proclaiming their innocence, even though they've been. I mean, what are we doing? We're not modeling what God has said. Um, so I think that's an important point, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I know, just... no,
0: that's exactly right. You know, I think it, the way, way of capturing what's currently going on, it says so much to say the following We're closing churches and opening prisons.
1: Well, and 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 not just prisons, but uh, abortion clinics. You can apparently go in an abortion clinic where doctors and nurses are all going to gather around um, and uh, help a woman murder her baby for a couple hundred bucks. The hitmen, the the psychopaths within our our country, and the people who just simply stand outside. They're not they're not congregated in a building where the air is being filtrated. If you even believe that you can pass this virus stuff along, okay? I don't believe that you can, but they stand outside. They're several feet apart. Anyway, they're praying. Some of them are using bullhorns. We had that from um, the activist mommy the other day. The video was out there in Charlotte, just across the line here. And they're out there writing people fines. They're wanting to arrest them and take them to jail. And you're like, "Um, what is going on here? Well, I can tell you what it is. The people have abandoned God, and they've abandoned his law, and they continue to push this stuff as though they think— well, this isn't an issue that, that we should be addressing in politics. And I'm like, the whole point of politics and the, is the external—it's it, the culture. It is the external manifestation of what we believe. And if we don't get that, if we don't get that, then we're not going to be effective at anything that we do. Well, you know, the the
0: Lord calls us to disciple the nations. He doesn't say— the, you're supposed to uh, make converts Absolutely. to disciple the nations, yep. and a nation is the whole of the people. It's the culture. It's all the controlling institutions of, of law, of education, of, of government, uh, of voc- even of vocation, uh, and how you run a family, and how you relate to the Lord— All those things are are a part of what a nation is. And if you're not discipling the whole of the nation, that's a disobedience. And if you think that what you're doing is being personally pious, and you may have some trying to bring Christian values into your family, and then send your kids off to an Antichrist school, uh, don't pay any attention to the fact that the money system is anti-biblical. The entire uh, ruling class at this point is anti-Christian. And if you have nothing more than just a grouse about it saying, Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, you're not following the fact. We have to understand the enemy, we have to understand what Scripture says about it, and we have to learn how to act. I mean, that's how the, after the Roman Empire fell, it was it was Christians that really rebuilt society. And sadly, they initially build it up with pieces of the old one, and that's what <laughs> created so many problems downstream. But the point is, we're called to action. We're not called just to prayer. On the other hand, we are called to prayer, and the things that don't start with prayer are not likely to succeed.
1: No, I completely agree. And when we let me make something clear, because somebody brought a good a good point in the uh, in the chat. When we speak of, and you talked about praying for those in authority that doesn't just mean people in dc that's what i don't know why we think of that now as just in dc i think a lot of this came as a result of, of uh, uh abraham lincoln and his tyranny that the people began to look more towards the federal government than they did their local governments but here's the thing anybody in a position of authority people ask me why do you cover these issues in uh on on dirty and bad cops. Why don't you balance that out? Well, my immediate response is, well, they already have their propaganda outlets It's called cops. You can turn that on. You'll never find them pointing out a bad cop. Why don't you ask them to start pointing out bad cops? The reason I point out bad cops is if cops are doing what they're supposed to do, or at least what they're charged to do, there's nothing to write about. They're doing their job. It's when they violate the law, we bring that to bear. Nobody will ever write anything on me unless they just want to put a hit piece on me. But you let me go break the law, and everybody in the world will be writing about Tim Brown uh, over these kinds of things. So we do have to address from even the lowest levels, uh, whether they be police officers, whether they be city council, county council, state or federal level or whatever, when we're addressing these things uh, and we're pointing out, hey, you're supposed to be ministers of God, we've got to uphold the law of God. And I think really that's the thing that we've missed all along, Victor, and because we don't uphold that in the society, the society dwindles too. And that's largely due to the church. The church has not been communicating. It's been out of the, it's been in a culture war, but it hasn't really been communicating to those in authority. This is what God says about that. This is what God says about that. This is the just punishment. It's not three hots and a cots for the rest of your life. If you murder somebody, it's you get, we get to give you a dirt nap. You get to go see the judge. Um, That's – this is – but we don't bring that, and therefore we get complacent in our lawlessness um, until ultimately that lawlessness comes back on us in a form of judgment.
0: Well, I I have nothing to say against that. I I would just – I would add add to it, though, that – People in positions of authority are not simply the politicians and the civil servants. People in positions of authority includes those that run the universities, yep. those that run the school systems, those that run businesses and large corporations and think tanks. All those are positions of authority over the society. I mean, even, you know, this may sound strange, but even Hollywood is a source of authority. So many people rely on the music industry and the entertainment industry as their authorities. I mean, I've talked to kids whose basic viewpoint of life is because of what a celebrity has to say, and and are you praying for those people? Because they're in a position of authority, and much of that is just pure evil. So it's a broad, broad understanding of authority. It goes far beyond the civil government, although that's critical. And I think that one of the problems of conservatives has been over the years the thought of, well, if we just capture the, the robe of the president, then we'll all be ch- it'll all be changed. And forgetting that at the same time, if you continue to feed the minds of children through a school system, or a university system, and a media system, and an entertainment system that is absolutely opposed to Jesus Christ, capturing the
1: president's oval desk is not the answer. It's part of it but it is not the answer. No, I couldn't agree more. In fact, uh let's let's we're going to try to bring it back a little bit, but but you and I talked where we were going to try to make it relevant so people could understand because we talking about we're talking about civilizations in decline. We're talking about from the age of reason and the 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 revolutionary wars that took place and and multiple unconstitutional wars uh 18th century, 19th century, all these kinds of things. And we see people just constantly at war. But you and I, this, this is probably something that is not uh, going to get the who uh from those who are politically active, uh, who who have their political jersey pulled over their face. But the fact of the matter is, is this: we are not. At, at times, there are faces and names that we will attach to the powers that are behind them, and I'm not talking about deep state. I'm talking about the spiritual forces that are behind them. You and I talked about this and sometimes we lose sight of that in the fact that when we look to scripture, when 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 God is addressing the king there in what is it Isaiah 11 and we he talks about Lucifer. Well, he's not he's speaking to the king, but he's speaking to the power behind him, the light-bearer, you know, Satan himself. And he's speaking to him, and then we see where um, Daniel gets uh, the, the the angel Michael. He comes to him. Well, I had to fight with the you know the, the prince of Persia uh, here. I, I had these these battles. Well, he's not talking about physical forces. He's talking about spiritual forces. And we often, as we do, we forget that we start just addressing the men. And, and as you say, we're to, to disciple the nations, which are men. We're not to disciple spirits. We're to disciple men. At the same time, recognizing these spiritual forces, uh, as we were talking yesterday, you said, they've had thousands of years. They know man, man in and out. They know what will, will tempt him, trip him up, and do all this other kind of stuff. These are the guys behind the faces we see, Bill Gates, uh, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. These are the, these are the, the forces behind them. And I, I think we just need to remind people of that as we get back sort of on track of, of what we're talking about, about this, these demise of, of civilizations that we can see all through history.
0: Well, you, that I, I, have a, I use a word that most people probably wouldn't run into, but for me, you know, we talk about geopolitics, as we have in the last several series, but really, ultimately, it's not geopolitics. I think I would prefer to call, I do call it, theopolitics. It's a theological warfare, not just a human one. And when you start to see that in Scripture, after the Resurrection, uh, that we're still having the, uh, Lucifer or Satan being called the god of this world, the ruler of nations. Um, there are many phrases which make it very clear that he's involved uh, in, in in the nations. When he offered Jesus the kingdoms of God, uh, some people think, well, he didn't have any right to do that. And uh, No, Jesus didn't say he didn't have a right. He said he, he was not going to have anything to do with those. So there are... Uh, there's a huge hierarchy, a third of the angels fell with Lucifer, and as you just said, you know for 6000 years they've been attacking man and trying to do manipulations. These are very bright beings, they're smarter than human beings, and they have an enormous number of snares, but here's the here's here's the thing. When you read Ephesians 6, it talks about putting on an armor to fight a battle. And of course, it's the armors all in the front. It's not in the back because you're not supposed to run away as a coward. Um, but then it goes into, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. Well, what is that? That is, those are the forces of, of Luciferian forces that attend to uh, conglomerate around each different nation with a groups of set. And so you wind up getting a very, uh, I often sometimes say there's some human beings are little more than sock puppets for spirit beings that do not have anybody's best interest at heart except their own. And so until you understand there's a dimension of that, and that's why it's so important to be praying, because by ourselves as human beings organizing a political party uh, or a campaign, those are important. I'm not saying if they're not. But if, if your limitation of your view is simply at that level, i got to de- defeat Andrew Cuomo in November or something of that sort, you, you you're, you're fall prey uh, to a part of their strategies. Because if they can get you fighting between Democrats and Republicans, reduce the the battle to that, uh, that, that's a battle that will just continue going on. In the meantime, behind the scenes, the whole this, uh, apparatus of state is being built around us. Police state, surveillance state, it's coming, partly because we don't understand the enemy, and we're not fighting the right enemy.
1: Yeah, I agree. And part of the issue that when, and people may take it as an attack on them, it's not an attack I want, to, I want to make clear. If I write an article and I point out, hey, this isn't Democrats, this is Republicans, the reason I'm doing that is to help people get out of that mindset to say, look, both of these political parties, and many in them, I'm not saying every single person, because I don't think that at all. But I do think the parties work off of one another they play wwe royal rumble smackdown whatever the thing is and they're all out for themselves they're not out for the people they're not out to serve the people you want to see somebody that serves the people i mean we had a good demonstration of that in thomas massey the other week and yet he brought down the wrath of the president and republicans because he simply wanted the representatives of the people to be accountable for their vote. And they said, we'll have none of this. You're a bad guy. We need to get rid of you. And that right there should tell you everything you need to know about those who opposed him. Anybody from the president down who opposed him for simply saying the representatives ought to, if they believe in this, they ought to put their name to it. And and nobody and everybody attacked him over that. And this guy has virtually... A hundred percent voting record towards the Constitution. I mean, it, it literally is right there at that. Hello. Hello, you're on.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. well, you know that. I think that's. Uh, let me just say a couple of things about the parties, which I think it's irrelevant. It's relevant um, at the local level. I think the average Christian, if they think about it, they're pretty much. If you're going to vote, it's going to wind up being for a Republican at this point. And at the local level, there's a lot of uh, of, of value to that, and there's a lot of people with the right right instincts and the right understandings. But as you move up the party power chain pyramid uh, of both parties, but uh, particularly uh, both Democrats and Republicans, by the time you get up to the top of most uh, states and certainly the federal government, uh, you've got a different set of beings up there. Those guys that get to that top of the leadership positions, now, tend to be very cozy with all kinds of other alternatives, you know, whether it's the lobbyists or whether it's the, the shadow government uh, or, or whatever it may be their donor base. So, and they're on the gravy train. One of the wealthiest metropolitan areas in the entire country at this point is, is the DC area the Beltway. So, the, the party leadership at the very tippy top is very different from the average person at the bottom. The trouble with the Democrat Party is that they have been essentially moving in the direction of atheism and collectivism since back in Woodrow Wilson's day. Republicans still have somewhat of a break on it, but that's sort of collectivism light, And we have to be more uh, salt and light into that system if we want to be effective and uh, and have a comprehensive view of what we're up against. And it's not just simply uh, the Democrats it said that's a part of it but that's not the whole story
1: no i, I agree now let's we've got about 12 min 11 or 12 minutes here let's kind of pull back into cuz we've given a lot of relevance to seeing what's going on in our country seeing it uh, begin to i guess you know go down decline it's been declining for some time now many decades what are some things that we're seeing in parallel to the stuff that that you've given us before. We've talked about the age of reason, we've we've talked about the things that get intermingled in with Christianity and most people I don't even know if they would put together the northern and southern kingdoms, how the, the, the king in the north said, oh, well, we'll make, you know, golden idols. We'll kind of mix that with our Christianity, much like Aaron did. You know, everybody had seen, everybody knew who God was. They saw him do these ma- ma- magnificent things, and they said, oh, we'll just turn God into this golden calf. While God is is writing the law on stone to say, don't make idols, they were down there doing it. They were engaging in some of the most Uh, depraved debauchery, uh, as sort of a worship of of the God who delivered them, only they had so twisted and perverted who God was and what his worship should be. Have we not seen this before in our history? Well, yeah, and I think this brings us back
0: to the question of the Age of Enlightenment, and just let me say a couple things about that right now. Once once a, a, a group of leaders uh, abandon the uh, belief in uh, the triune Creator God, and and find that any kind of uh, significant authority over them that they don't approve of is wrong. They want to tear them down, and of course that's what the French Revolution was. But what do you put in that place? Well, you you wind up seeing if you look at the whether it's Rousseau or any of these other Voltaire, the rest of them, what they were writers were saying was. That no man is not fallen. Man is basically good. The only hit problem he has is the institutions are not good for him. So we have to change those institutions. And then uh, what's what's the uh, pattern for living? Is it by God's law? No, there's no real separate God. To, so we're going to find in nature. That we'll find the laws of justice and and appropriateness. And then so if we're going to find the laws of nature, we have to be very Uh, careful and observant, and that we get the birth of science, which has given us a lot of wonderful things. On the other hand, we've turned science into uh, a god, and the scientists are gods, and so nature also becomes uh, sacred. So you get uh, environmentalism and PETA and the rest, and then you find out these uh, people say, you know, the trouble with the masses is that they don't really uh, understand what we understand, so we have to have a state that uh, controls the thinking so that we'll be able to move to a a, a utopian view. And so we have, on the one hand, people saying, I want to have anarchic individualism, and other people saying we have to have um, status collectivism. And so that battle between liberty and equality starts. And, of course, it's a dead end because God has been denied. And so now you get uh, internal battles within the society. You get sexual rampant uh sexuality rampant, uh, you get corruption in the government, and you get revolutions and wars, and then God brings his judgment because everybody is abandoning uh, the basic truths of, of God's revelation. And that's what we're seeing, we've seen it time and again, and I don't care what civilization you study, the pattern is very, very similar. And um, it, if you deny God, it's going to be man-centered and eventually state centered. The reason that anarchists and libertarians will never come to power is because they don't have a way of exercising enough power over a society to actually rule. The collectivists do, because they're willing to do police state stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I I think they can do it on a small level. I mean, I've seen some of those things, but boy, there's got to be a tremendous mind change that would have to happen in people for that to happen. Um, And um, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but all of us, as we've said before, we have, a, we have a theology. Uh, I, had a good, I had a friend that I recently met, and he says, you know, I'm not a very—he says, I'm not a theologian. Well, that's not true. Everybody's a theologian. It's just a question of whether you're a good or bad one. And then how you apply what you believe about God, what you believe He has said about man, what you believe He has said about law and about justice, all of that gets applied not only in our lives, but it gets applied in the political sphere and in the culture uh, and we act on that. So people, um, this is one of the things. You know, I used to work for a man who who wrote a lot of theonomic books. And for people who don't understand what that is, it means you're applying God's law to every other life, and, and specifically in the in the area of the civil government and the church and all these kinds of things. And yet he will go out there and support a polytheist like Mitt Romney, or he'll support a man who says he doesn't have any need to repent, like Donald Trump. And people said. I think this guy needs to go back and read some of his books, and I would agree with that because it's one thing to write it and be good at writing and putting down that information. It's another thing to take what you say you believe and you're putting in writing and actually put it into practice. There, there's the, Those are two different things. And I think uh, somebody in the chat says, well, maybe we need to, all the Christians, we need to move to a state and do this. Well, I would agree with that if the Christians can agree that we need to hold the law of God is forefront. We need to hold the gospel of Jesus Christ out to people, but we've got to be agreed as to what, that the law of God is just, it's right, it's for today, and there's just punishments for the crimes that are committed against the law. And if we don't have that, we're just going to have a state full of the same kind of people who are putting the same kind of people in office, who continue to allow the same injustices. I mean, am I am I that far off base here, Victor?
0: No, I, I think you're, you're right, I think, but the judgment begins at the house of God. and Lone Ranger Christians... Can only do so much, and the real problem is the body of Christ is is fragmented and, and miserably weak on these things, and so the problem really lies in well in many part of the problem lies in the seminaries and the pastors that come out of it who do not have a comprehensive gospel. What is a comprehensive gospel? Well, it starts obviously with faith and and relations and building a relationship. With, uh, with the Lord. And, of course, it's not a question of being a good or bad theologian. It's a question of, are you growing? Because it's always growth. The question of sanctification is the growth. In what, in what areas? First, yourself and your relationship with God. Secondly, your relationship to your family as a child or as a parent. And then that includes the education of the children. It includes the vocation you choose. And so that's a whole area that needs to be addressed. And then comes the question of church government. What is the victory vision? Is it a victory vision, or is it a happy, clappy Church of Nice story? Uh, that's a real problem. And then the next question is, what associations are appropriate? Because it's not just a question of family, church, and government, civil government. It's the law schools, it's the ed schools, it's the journalism schools, it's all the different institutions and associations, and then you get to the question of civil government. Well, the trouble is, there was a time in American history where we saw each of those areas as an area of governance. But so as as the years have gone by, the Church has let that go, so people don't really think of self-government or family government or church government or vocational government. They just think of government as the civil government is now just the government. And there's our problem because the government is a man centered status system that always historically comes to part at the piece it just comes to pieces. And we're seeing that in our country. The fruits of abandoning the public square and all those areas of of governance before the Lord, it's coming to fruition and we're losing it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. A couple of things there. Uh, for people who didn't listen on Sunday night, we put out the, uh, the another interview that I did with Deanna Lynn. She was uh, formerly in prostitution in the porn industry. Now she has graduated uh, from Asbury College, of all places, um, with a degree there. She's got a husband. Uh, they're expecting twins here in a week or so. And one of the things she said echoes what you just said. She said, if I don't continue on this path, if I'm not growing, then I'm going backwards and um, she said, I have to continually do that, because she said, I could slip up, lose my sobriety, you know, not be paying, watching out and keeping uh, guard over my heart, and I'm right back to where I was. I lose everything that I've gained. So I think those are good words to give. Uh, the other thing is, I, I just as, as a glimmer of hope, and that is this. Whether we look at the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Medo-Persia um, the Prussian Empire, we can look at the American Empire as it's crumbling now. Uh, we can look all throughout history, uh, the many things that, that you've you've taught us, whether it be in the Middle East or wherever, and those crumblings. And guess, the, guess what the thing is that continues to stand? The church, the church of Jesus Christ, because Jesus promised the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And folks, I want you to listen to me. The Bible calls us a nation of people. We are a holy generation unto God. We are his people. No matter what country you're from, where you're listening, and I know this goes out on the internet, no matter where you're listening, you are part of the nation of the people of God. We are citizens of heaven. We're the ones who set forth, and our, our, you know, our king has gone before us, and he said, look, repent. Do the first things. You know, garner up that first love that you had. Obey me. And you'll be blessed. So the the issue is not so much placed upon the world as it is the people of God. And Victor, I know you would agree with this. We've got about a um, uh, little less than about thirty seconds or so. Let me it, quickly then yep, say this: Jump in. There. The
0: first task is to advance the kingdom of God and replace the kingdoms of man. Number two, Galatians: the fruit of the Spirit. That is a growth p- passage. The fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. If you're not focusing on growing in the Spirit, you cannot advance the kingdom. And advancing the kingdom uh, is the discipleship of nations. And that core must be returned to. And to the extent the Holy Spirit brings us to that point, we will. Because there's a victory vision there if we grasp it.
1: Amen. I agree with that. And uh, it's a sad thing that uh, the church has been hamstrung by so much deception, including dispensationalism. If you don't know what that is, you really need to understand what it is because it's 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 just destroying any ability the church has to go forward. And we've got to go for it in the truth. Dispensationalism is not the truth. We've got to advance the vision of victory that Christ has for us as our king. 23 hours, we'll be back. Rotten at the Core Wednesday with a Comic-Core diva, Lynn Taylor. Adios, see ya.